Welcome to Rambly Lay Gourmet Rambling. I'm your host, Quasi Joe Blow. Today, I'm going to talk about like a passion of mine with someone I've known for a while. And I, we uh, really enjoy movies, the whole concept of cinema. So we're just going to, for those people who enjoy, you know, any type of cinema, we're just going to break down how we feel about it. Maybe get some common ground with other people that may be listening. So this is Ashley Long. What's going on? What's up? What's up? Thank you for having me. This is my first time on someone else's podcast. How's it going? All right. All right. Well, hope, yeah, it's pretty sweet. So maybe we can make it, you know, special by getting some juicy stuff and talking about you know, <laughs> some love for movies and stuff. Yeah. And you talking about knowing each other for a while. It's a while, a while. It's been like, what, 15 years or so? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. No, I mean, I had to go back farther than that because 2004 is when I graduated. And that was, that's just kind of crazy to say, 17 years. Yeah. But yep. <laughs> but we knew each other before that. It was like 2001, too. So it's about 16, 17. The moral of the story, folks, we've been knowing each other since like high school. So we, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. Go, we go back, back. <laughs> yeah. So with movies, I know as far as me with movies, it's always been, I know we had talked earlier and we said movies was more like a, you know, it was like a getaway. And I know for me, it was mm-hmm. definitely started out as that as a kid. Like, you know, and not even like from like anything bad, just creating that world of imagination. Right. And that world of like, you know, just me too, anticipation, what's going to happen next. What is it, you know, when, how old were you when you realized that like movies were something that were like, that was your thing? Man, I don't think I remember a time when movies weren't my thing. Like I remember watching movies, you know, back in the early nineties when I was three, four years old and just being like, Oh my God, you know what I mean? This is, this is something cool. This is something unique. This is something that I feel passionate about in some type of way. I think it was, I've always been a fan of storytelling. Like I used to love to write short stories. I remember asking my mom for a typewriter when I was a kid, just to get those stories out of my head. So I think All of those things just really made me embrace it heavily since I was a really little kid. So it's just always been there for me. And that's with television as well. So it's not just film, it's television as well. So you work in television in a sense, right? What do you do? I do. Yeah, I actually work in television programming, which everybody's always like, what does that mean? It can be hard to explain because I think some people see it as like, oh, you work at like Spectrum and you're responsible for the TV guide. No, it's not that. It's literally all the programming outside of news that airs on Mm -hmm. the stations that I'm responsible for, um, my department handles. So that's the the high level breakout. So any of the syndicated stuff you guys see, like Ellen DeGeneres or any of the network stuff like currently in my job I work with both ABC and CBS networks so Uh it's really just all of the entertainment and what I call the fun stuff it's kind of what I get to touch in my job so so you working in the field that you're working in does that come from just a passion and love for you know just movies and cinema uh I wouldn't say so it really is surprising that I landed in this career the way that I did because when I was in college I was kind of undecided about what I wanted to do. I originally thought I wanted to go into medicine and be a pediatrician. And as Mm -hmm. I got a little bit older, realized, hey, I don't necessarily want to go down that path. Journalism is what I ended up studying, getting really into. So from just my love of journalism, I got into Mm -hmm. the company I work for. And we have media in general, which came with newspaper, television, and radio. And I had the opportunity to kind of dip 
my toe into all those worlds and television was really what grabbed me, especially on the production side of things. Because again, as we talk about having that love for storytelling, love for, you know, creating content, I really fell in love with it on the television side, obviously. So that was kind of the path or the journey. (laughs) All right. That's pretty sweet. So like, how long have you worked where you worked? So I've been with my company for over a decade. So I think it's been 12 years or so. I mean, they got me young. They got me, yeah. they got me right Media? out of college. It is Cox Media. Um, they got me right out of college. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's been a journey and not one that I necessarily anticipated when I first started because I had no idea all the different paths you can take going into media you know what i mean but it's been exciting i was told somebody recently like if you would have told me as a kid that i'd get to play with and watch television for a living i would have thought i would have thought you were lying to me you know what i'm saying but i definitely enjoy it yeah so um does it so are you still like do you still come up with ideas for movies because working in like the television field and Mm -hmm. being into it do you still have the urge to tell stories do you still have the urge to I definitely do. Production is really where I think my passion is continuing to lead me to. I got an opportunity to produce a public service show back when I was uh, in my hometown of Dayton, Ohio, and the Mm -hmm. bug just bit me. And I was like, oh, shoot, because I think I told you previously, I used to have this dream of being like a film director and... I just kind of let that go as being like, oh, that's like shooting for the stars. Not that there's anything wrong with shooting for the stars, kids. I just was thinking I need to be more practical. <laughs> but yeah, the production yeah. side of it and the creation of things, I'm definitely so interested in. I need to just get more focused about like writing my my ideas and getting scripts together and all that sort of stuff. And I've even been thinking about going back to school for different aspects of production that I don't necessarily get the hands-on experience with at the moment. But it's definitely a nice. passion yeah. for me, right? Right now so yeah so um if you could work on any type of movies or be just anything that would come out as far as on tv or similar like what would you have your hand in like what would be the would be a television series movies would it be, you know that's an interesting question. I would still absolutely love to do a film. I don't think my love for film is ever going anywhere. But don't you agree that we're also in like this golden age of television where mm-hmm. the stuff that we're seeing is produced in such a cinematic way and it's just a very long form way of telling that same story to a certain extent like we talked about the queen's gambit the queen's gambit could have been a film but it's great that they were able to tell it in this longer form limited series arc um which i really really enjoy for me what i would have an interest in I think I really love fantasy. I really love kind of out of the box, creating your own world type of shows yeah, yeah. and series. The Nevers, which just started on HBO, I think is going to yeah, be I a new. Follow a little bit, yeah. It's going to be a new favorite for me just because it falls in that world. But I mean, I think it would really depend on what my inspiration may be that strikes at that particular day. Because I'm also really loving seeing all the diversity behind the camera of Black talent right now in Hollywood and all the various stories that they're able to tell. Because one thing I've always said is I want to be able to see and talk about Black people without the pain of all of the tragedy that we've that. experienced be able to tell stories just with us living our day-to-day lives because we are human beings, you know what I mean? So yeah. those are stories I would be very much interested in telling in whatever form that may take. What about you though? If you had some dream project that you came up with, what would that look like for you? Well, you know, I really, 
my goal, I really wanted to, that's the end. If I, even if it takes me to be 70 when I do it, I want to direct movies and kind of be a producer. I want to kind of jump through all the hoops of that, but I could ever do anything. I would come up, my ultimate thing, if I had my way, I would do a, a Batman movie <laughs> and it would be like a, about five, six different parts to it and I could release it over a certain amount of years mm-hmm. and it would kind of uh, be like from the beginning of his life up until the point in which he was like old and about to die. And it would tell all these different stories and all, you know, stuff that he went through. And it'd be more like him telling the story of his life as he went through it and chronicalized, uh, you know, just being a kid, losing his parents. So, so yeah, he would really, be the narrator of his own story. Yeah, yeah. I'm really into the whole Batman thing. I'm really, like, as far as, like, you know, just understanding, like, the whole psychological breakdown of his character and uh just have been through some interesting stuff in my life and understanding. I feel like I don't tell everybody. I feel like I know what his true uh, um, superpower is. And I'm going to wait if I ever get lucky enough to pitch it to DC. I'm like, I know what his real superpower is. So they'd be like, this guy's a real fan. So, <laughs> I was going to say, isn't it his resilience? I mean, Batman had been through some ish. Um, he was my favorite superhero for a very, very, very long time. So I would think yeah. that that storyline would sound pretty dope to me. And you talk about um, Batman. It just makes me think about, like, who is your favorite director, film director? Oh, yeah, um, I said a figure of them. I like uh, David Finch, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like the social one. network and... Yeah, I really like the way he does, like, the uh, the coloring and the mood and the camera transitions are really dope with him. Um, Stephen Chow, he did, he's a guy I would like, that would be somebody I would really want to work with. Is, uh, he did Kung Fu Hustle and uh, Shaolin Soccer or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so he's somebody that, like, is a really important person to me as far as him because he really was very, like, kind of took, like, a whole Looney Tunes slash real life slash, like, Asian to me, a lot of times it seemed like a lot of his humor is kind of like almost inspired by black people, and mm-hmm. so I really like his stuff. So probably not a lot of popular people that people like know on a day to day, but people who have little I like I like Quentin Tarantino a lot, even though he's kind of like you know like a blood and guts and shoot him up. <laughs> yeah, but I like his camera angles. I like the fact that like you know when he did the, the hateful eight. He tried to stay true to have whatever format that wide angle format of shooting movies that you I know, mean that he definitely kinda... has an aesthetic, right? You definitely I feel mm-hmm. like you know when you're watching Quentin Tarantino movie, mine in that realm is a Tim Burton. Like I love oh, yeah, again yeah. going to the fantastical. Like I said, I love like real fantasy type of stuff. And he has such a vision for all of his things, besides um the remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I found disturbing. Otherwise, usually I love his work. Um, yeah. And what you talk about when it's a little less less known is for me, it's Stella McGee, a black director who's done like everything, everything. She did the photograph with Issa. Like she, especially with everything, everything had such a beautiful um, color palette and was so intentional with the vibe of the film. And I just really admired that level of creativity down to such a level of detail with the way that she talked about how she made those decisions so i totally understand that yeah so what is your like do you have a favorite movie of all time one that you would put above like my goodness don't ask me this movie because i find it embarrassing (laughs) but i say that i say that because 
the reason why this film has remained my favorite film of all time is not because I think in any regard it is the best or the best rated or any of those things. It's pure nostalgia. And that for me is The Bodyguard with Winnie Houston and Kevin Costner. Like that is probably uh, the yeah, first yeah. movie that I ever like fell in love with. I was such a huge fan of Whitney Houston growing up. Uh, she was yeah, my yeah. idol. And so I still, I mean, that film still holds up in terms of, you know, the storyline and the acting and all those things. But I just think for me, every time I watch it, it just like takes me back to like my childhood because I used to watch it yeah, so much. Yeah. Remember when we used to have to use the rewinder to rewind? I'm surprised yeah, that yeah. that VHS is still standing in my mama's house to this day because I used <laughs> to wear that VHS out. But yeah, it's the bodyguard in terms of just overall nostalgia. But I have to say my favorite films usually have like a really pivotal ending to them. So like I yeah. say this, like the first Saw to me was so epic oh, yeah. because of all the crazy. twists and turns that happen and there was also a film a magician's film called the prestige that's still really, yeah, I really, really like high that. on my list because it was just mind-blowing right it was like all of these twists and turns but there's so many genres of film i mean you could talk about your favorite comedy your favorite drama your favorite rom-com so for me it's just kind of always about like what sticks with me the most for one reason or another so those are just like top tier favorites what about you um, one of my favorite movies is uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Mm. That is a movie I really like. Um, I really like. Most people didn't really care for that movie, but I really liked it. It was very funny. I really liked how he made it kind of funny and playful, but the fighting was real serious. It was real, you know, kind of, you know, like dead. You know, I don't know, like you know, people could get kicked in the head and get. The, I think some people got their teeth knocked out, but he made it look playful. <laughs> So, so I really enjoyed that to where he kind of found a good balance between fun but like serious. Because I'm yeah, really I've never the, uh, seen it, so I'm gonna have to put that on my list. I would try it, man. It's real good. It's a uh, to me, it kind of opened my mind to like because when we were, you know, I grew up in the hood, and you know, so we were always I like movies, but we always saw them from a certain perspective, even good ones like the mainstream ones. But that one was one that was kind of opened my mind to how just interesting film could be in general. So I, I don't. I, I'm getting a little bit back into karate. I shouldn't say back into it as if I was ever an avid fan, but I feel like yeah. there was an era where like karate was much more like seen and like cinema and stuff like that. And Cobra Kai, I don't know if you watched that on Netflix yet, but Cobra Kai really like brought me back to like, oh, I can mess with a Kung Fu movie here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I got such into a the good first show. season. I didn't get the second one. Oh, there's so, three um, seasons now. There's three. Yeah, my son, he's seen all three, I think. But I wanted to say, like, you have your own podcast, because I wanted to make sure we didn't get to talking and didn't mention that on doing this, right? So what's your podcast? Yes, thank you. What is it about? Plug. So my podcast, weekly podcast called Recapping with Delora and Ashley. And it is me and one of my best girlfriends, Delora, spilling tea, as we say, uh, talking about like the hot topics that have happened over that past week. We also do recaps. That's really the meat and potatoes of our show is recaps of different TV and films. So for instance, last week, we just did our first throwback, which was Waiting to Exhale. Um, We recently 
did the Tina Turner documentary that dropped on HBO. We did Ginny and Georgia on Netflix. We did WandaVision. Yeah. Speaking of superheroes, we did Coming to America sequel. I mean, we've done all sorts of things. We've done Bridgerton. We've done a lot of popular. The main thing that we try to stick to is what do we enjoy? Because obviously we have to really want to talk about it, but also what's going to yeah, translate yeah. to hopefully get people interested in talking and engaging with us. So um, we have been, and we also have a hidden gem section. Sorry, that's at the end where we just talk about things that we recommend that we've watched that we found interesting. So we've been going since October of last year and just hoping to really build our audience and just have some fun along the way. So recap yeah. of Delora and Ashley, we're on all of the platforms, all of them. <laughs> All right, make sure you check her out because I really enjoy how you guys, you got like a girl talk, but it's like, it's not like, you know, where you get bored. It's like, it's girl talk, but it's like real interesting. I got valid points that really oh, bring up that do the that. research and all that stuff to make sure you prove like, you know, what you're enjoying about the movie, the movie or the TV show you're watching. So I really think, you know, you guys should check it out and everything. So well, that's right. You listen to the Queen's Gambit episode. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So what did you like talking about Queen's Game? But I know the one thing I really enjoyed about that one was the um they the aesthetic, like the hair, yeah. the clothing, and the architecture, everything was really even if it was insignificant, it seemed to be significantly placed. And I really enjoyed how they really, you know, seemed to build that world like so meticulously. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even like, you know, with her having the uh black friend and i think that was really dope how they got that off between the two because they didn't try to make it corny it was like an actual like oh this is like a natural seemed like this is probably how it really would have been back in the day it didn't make right. it kind of like anybody was trying to make up for any racial i don't know any windows or whatever so i don't know i really enjoyed it yeah, I mean, The Queen's Gambit was a phenomenal show. If you guys haven't checked it out, watch it on Netflix. Also check out our recap, part one and part two. But um, but yeah, yeah. I, think, I think The Queen's Gambit was just an excellent show because not only the story, you know, you get to follow Beth is the main character. You get to follow Beth from the time that she unfortunately lost her mother in an accident, went to an orphanage. You see her become this chess prodigy um, and really grow into her womanhood and in a way that society usually would tell her she wasn't going to succeed in. And that's a male dominated um, activity, which was chess. And I mean, become the best of the best. You know what I mean? So the arc of the story was really interesting to us. Um, Multiple factors. I mean, it was super popular on Netflix. Still, I think one of probably its highest rated shows. And I know chess, the number of chess um, tables and stuff that were being sold had went up because of the show. I mean, it was just a phenomenon. And I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it just because Beth's journey was very unique and something Mm -hmm. that... I couldn't relate to, but I enjoy figuring out, you know, and going along with her on her ride of life. So, yeah. So with you and, um, Delora, huh? Me and Delora. Yeah. So do you guys, um, have you done any, I know you say you've done a few interviews. Do you plan on doing interviews on people? If you could ever interview like movie stars and, Well, we haven't done interviews. We've had guests join us to be a part of the recap. Um, We've had someone who joined us for an episode we did with One Night in Miami, an episode we did with Soul. Um, So we haven't necessarily done interviews, but if I were able to do an interview, what were you going to ask me and have a movie star on? Who would it be? 
yeah, if you could ever expand it to like start expanding like movie stars reviewing their own movies or like, oh, you know, just getting their opinions, goodness. like would you ever do something like that? <laughs> I would love to do that. So hey, if anybody's listening, feel free to reach out to us. Um, but at recapping podcast um is our handle on social media. Um I right now feel like we get so much support from black talent whenever we post things whenever we share things and that's not to say that i'm choosing them just because they're black but that's a shout out the fact that i we appreciate our community showing us such love and i think as a part of that community i would love somebody like a Issa ray or just a a yara shahidi or a zendaya or just someone who's really showing up and showing out in hollywood right now especially Mm -hmm. black women i think would be excellent to have one because we are two black women who are, you know, talking every week. So, yeah, you know, yeah. wish list. I, I wish Delora was here because I'm sure she would have some great ones to share as well. But, you know, top tier wish list for me off the top of my head right now would be folks like that. You know, if Oprah just so happens to be having an off day, sure. Love to have Oprah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So we'll see what happens, Ronald. So I was, so you brought that up with, you know, black people and, uh, and, you know, I was going to ask you, how important do you think it is for black people to play an important part in cinema? Because I really these days I like because when we were like in college and stuff and all that, I would really want to see black people from a certain perspective on TV shows mm-hmm. and uh, and movies. And it seems now like maybe it's not making leaps and bounds, but you're getting like good TV shows that like have good perspective on black people, good acting, you know, Absolutely. good messages and everything. So. You have the Lena Waits and the Issa Rays and all the black folks who are bringing that talent, not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera, which is important to be able to tell stories that are unique to us and not not even just unique to us, but give us the opportunity to share life from our perspective. Yeah. And so do you believe, especially being a black woman and everything, do you think that there should be like, you know, do you ever, would you ever want to have some impact in the way things go, just as far as black people in the industry, as far as cinema or TV in general? Absolutely. Again, that would be another beautiful thing about being able to dip my toe into that world is to be able to put stories out there that, again, help shape, you know, another young black girl who's watching her first film at three, four years old and seeing what's possible in life. You know, it's funny because I was just watching, talk about nostalgia. I was just watching this documentary called The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story, right? And we were those kids at that time who got those early, early shows and things on Nickelodeon. And while you see some diverse talent on shows like and all that, for instance, there was still such a lack of, um, you know, diversity in front of the camera, but also as I'm watching it, I was like, there's so such a lack of diversity behind the camera. Right. And I think that the more that kids especially can see the world reflected and see themselves reflected on screen, the more possibilities they know that there are for them. And that absolutely matters. Right. Not that TV and film are the end all be all, but I think art is very, very important in shaping culture and shaping possibility because you think about it when we talk about like our childhoods and things like that, we talk about pop culture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's how we relate to one another in terms of different eras of time. So it absolutely matters. I absolutely want to see more black people have that power and that control in Hollywood, not just a Tyler Perry, not just an Oprah, but continuing to move that forward so that we have way more opportunity 
and be able to tell our story. So absolutely to answer your question. <laughs> yeah. So what's your favorite black movie? My favorite black movie. Now, specifically, when we say black movie, do we mean all black cast? Do we mean black director? What do we mean by black movie? Because I can tell uh, you what both. I think, but I don't want to assume. <laughs> I do both or whatever. Tell it from your perspective. So uh, my favorite black film, and this is going to be a 90s film because my most of my favorites are still in the 90s. It's probably a little down dirty shame. Because that oh, film yeah, yeah. still to this day cracks me up. I love yeah. the Wayans brothers in terms of most of the things that they've put out. But I think Keenan was my favorite in terms of most of his stories or most of his films. And then you have a young yeah. Jada Pinkett doing her thing. I mean, overall, love that film. Um Waiting to Exhale is still up there, which is why we did a throwback on it to see these four black yeah. women, the dynamics between them, Terry McMillan being the author who wrote the book, um, who was really a phenom at the time for black female fiction writers. I mean, for all those reasons, those two probably stand up at the top for me. But there are so many that we consider to be like black films that are like iconic. You know what I mean? That. Yeah, those are the two that I would say right now stand out for me in my list. What about for you? Um, it's a few. Um, I know in more modern times, I really enjoyed um, modern times, (laughs) yeah, and just in more modern because I mean, looking back over some movies, I know back in the day, um, like I enjoyed Above the Rim, that was like always one that was like really that was. Seemed like it, like to me, I always felt like that movie made me feel like I was in the car with them. It made me feel like I was standing there watching it. It had a real, like you were there type of vibe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I really enjoyed the character that he built. What was the lady's name in Us? I forget her name, but the, uh, Lupita's character. I never watched Us because I don't like horror. So uh-huh. I never watched it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty creepy. I felt like. Even though I did watch Get Out, even though I did watch Get Out. Yeah, Get Out was good, too. I enjoyed her character. She was a trip with the talking, the way she acted and everything, as far as her evil version of the character. I really, and I was like, man, I've never seen, like, anybody Black pull off something that crazy and creepy. And, like, you know, and she was genuinely acting good. So I think she took her character from people who had some kind of disease and they throw her something or the way they talk. And so she mimicked it. And um, but That's why Lupita has that Oscar, huh? Yeah, so yeah, I really enjoyed. <laughs> I really enjoyed her uh, take on horror, but I like. I mean, there's so many of them. What is another one? I enjoyed. Uh, I mean, I mean, the original, she, the original coming to America still has to be yeah, on, in like, my yeah. top in my top five for sure. It's my brother's favorite favorite. Um, but I mean, again, there's so many and you talk about modern times, yeah, like I'm trying to think of something of today that is a black film that I'd be like, oh, that's one of my favorites. Because I think my nostalgia always, <laughs> all the things that I absorbed, <laughs> yeah, all the things I've absorbed as like a kid is what sticks with me. I feel like the hardest. So us again, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure there's plenty more modern black films that I'm like, yes. I mean, even let's say like even a love and basketball, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's a little yeah. bit more in the, I think maybe early two thousands. That's definitely a black classic. Right. So. Yeah. I enjoyed that one watching that one back in the day. Um, you know, that's the thing about me, but watching movies, I'll watch anything. Like I watch chick flicks, all of that. And if it's good, it's just good. I don't really like to watch chick flicks all the time. Love stories. I'm more like action 
or mystery and thriller and stuff like that, but in horror sometimes. But no, mm. I thought that was a pretty good love story, especially black, because I'm real advocate. I'm a real advocate for people, like as far as black people being able to like really. Exp- I think black people, what we need to do is express more, anyways. And I really mm. enjoy like you know watching like bands that watching Angela Bassett. They seem so good at how to you know articulate how to express those emotions in their movies and. Viola Davis. Viola Davis is real good. I really like her. Yeah. So I really, you know, I like advocate for like people, black people to get into film in a sense of expressing themselves and acting or, you know, being able to bring aesthetic and, you know, to a whole front and then, you know, be able to present an emotion. I really do think black people, we have a story to tell because even like say like the hood, all black people and the story isn't the same. Like if you told the story of all black people and all their experiences and sometimes some of the things they went through through all the hoods in America, it'd be so many different stories that could tell so many good stories of things. Sure. That, you know, so, I mean yeah. you had you had John Singleton who was really a more singular voice in that back in the nineties yeah, yeah. per se. But I mean you've had more films come out in that vein, you know, as we've gotten older. But I I think, again, it comes to the point of opportunity. And I think what we've seen, especially in the last maybe 10 years, is that we really more often than not have to create our own opportunities in order to be able to make the projects we want to make. That's why Tyler Perry has opened his own studio. That's why you see a lot Mm -hmm. of the Issa's and the Lena's with their own production companies. I mean, we if we don't create those opportunities a lot of times those doors continue to be shut because while different entities want to talk about diversity and inclusion initiatives and all that you may say that and that may be the case in front of the camera but again the power is behind the camera and the power is in the money so yeah and that's pretty so what do you think about like because you know in hollywood you know do you think because i know there's like a you know i think it's mostly jewish people who run hollywood and have all the money and stuff like that do you think that you know, I don't, do you think that black people should like join in and take a piece of, not take a piece of Hollywood, but take in being able to run Hollywood or should we start our own thing? Because Tyler Perry, I like what mm. he did. He started his own thing and kind of had his own studios and everything. So what do you think as far as, do you think our places, because white people, I think in some sense, they kind of built that whole movie format and stuff like that. And they made it to what it was. So do you think we should, t- you know, join in their lane or just start our own? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure that building our own thing will right now at least would have the level of success because Hollywood is what it is and you know churns out what it turns out and is valued in the way that it's valued. But I definitely don't think that there's anything wrong with thinking outside of the box and thinking that we can definitely create opportunities for ourselves in other regards because I mean at the end of the day Tyler Perry created his own studio but those films are still considered to be Hollywood you know what I mean it's not a complete and separate entity because you're still in this mechanism and I don't I'm not necessarily a person to answer the question of how you break out of that because I don't know what the situation would be to try to figure out okay so how how do you create a whole nother cycle of distribution and all those things that are deemed outside of that system. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. but again, I, I think I'm not the person to answer, but I'm sure that there are plenty of people in those spaces who could say, Hey, yes, there is this opportunity. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with thinking outside of the box and thinking that in order to be what we need to be, we have to create opportunities that do not yet exist. No, that's a really good answer. Yeah. So you will, you, um, 
what is a um hot you know i don't know is there a tv show right now that you think is pretty good i haven't been watching anything as of late is there anything you would like to make mention of so at the moment, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a lull on TV. I know Jamie Foxx's show just came out on Netflix, Dad, Stop Embarrassing oh, Me, yeah, which yeah. I'll definitely be checking out. Um, the Nevers, as I mentioned on HBO, forget about the Josh Wheaton thing because I'm trying to let that part go. Um, I think that's going to be yeah. a pretty interesting and dope show. But otherwise, I mean, I'm literally going back and rewatching the first couple of seasons of Blackish. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. TV and things like that never expire for me. So if it, I still find it entertaining. I'll go for it. And then I've, I've also been getting into documentaries um, this week on our next episode of Recapping with Delora and Ashley. We're going to do the last blockbuster, which just dropped on Netflix not too long ago. So, I mean, it really just depends. To your point, I watched a little bit of everything, Ronald. The only things I don't enjoy are horror. And that's really like the ghosts and demons horror. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah, Sixth yeah. Sense still terrifies me to this day. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and horror <laughs> movies. So everything else is really open and available um there's some stuff on the horizon that i'm sure is going to be really exciting and really gonna like mortal Kombat is dropping next weekend i'll oh, definitely yeah, be yeah. watching that you know what i mean it's just what is coming out what is something that i'm gonna really get into i don't have my list at the moment but i will say that there's absolutely so much stuff that drops on streaming now that i get really really excited about sorry broadcast i love you but <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some interesting stuff on the horizon. Have you now? I forget what I was going to, which show I was going to ask about. Have you, um, man, I wish I wouldn't have uh, thought too fast about it. But, um, sorry, you know, I can't go on too long. <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, I was sitting there thinking you said something that sparked a thought for me. But, um, dang, I'd have come back, it'd come back to me. But as far as, um, Oh, there's a Lena Wave show called 20s that I want to check out. I think it's on BET, so I'll be watching that too. Mm. Is there any, you know, oh yeah, musicals. Do you like musicals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely get into a good musical for sure. Uh, I don't like any musicals except really? you ever hear Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. No. <laughs> you should watch it. Listen, you should watch tonight. Uh, Jack Black and Kyle Gass. It's a story. Oh, like, I did. I do. I have heard of it. I do remember Jack Black as a musician. I have heard of it. Yeah, watch Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. That's my favorite musical. My only musical I, I like. But uh, yeah, it's this crazy movie about how they uh, they want to be like they're like cornballs, but like they have can't you not be seen music. Hamilton, Ronald? Hamilton, no. Do you have What's a that? Disney Plus subscription? Yeah, yeah, I do. What is that about? Oh, okay. So if you have never heard of Lin-Manuel Miranda and the phenomenon of Hamilton, it's a stage stage musical that has won many a thing and, you know, been out here and was hyped up so much. And it is really, 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 really excellent. It's about the story of Alexander Hamilton, but it's basically the whole thing is in rap and 
it's amazing. Mm. I don't even know if I'm doing a really good job of explaining it. I apologize for all the Hamilton fans. I'm sure Delora is going to kill me when she hears this, but it is <laughs> amazing. And Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote it himself and it's just excellent. It's on Disney plus the entire three hours with the original cast. Cause I actually saw it when it came to Florida, but it's excellent. So let me know if you enjoy that as a musical. Cause I'm sure one of the things you may not enjoy about musicals is sometimes you may not relate to the musical numbers or the storyline, but I think with Hamilton, the artistry of Hamilton is such that I think it'll capture you, especially the fact oh, no, that all these people wrapped all these lyrics and remembered them all. That's what always amazes me. I'm like, how do y'all remember all these numbers? It's a lot of lyrics. It's a three hour movie. You say? A three hour musical. It is a musical. So musical. usually, you know, there's like an intermission cause it, they did it on stage. Like they toured around oh, the stage. Yeah. So Check that out on Disney Plus. Right, I'm gonna have to check that out. So, is there any is there any horror movie that you would say like I don't like horror movies, but I am into that? No. Nope. Hold on, more so. What is it about <laughs> horror movies you don't like? Is it like the emotion? Is it the, the, the jumps? Or just it's the, the, the horror? Actor? It's the horror. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. They scare me. They terrify me. Like, it was my idea back in the day to go watch The Sixth Sense, and that movie still sticks with me sometimes. And I blame Donnie Wahlberg because I didn't know until I was grown that he was the man in the underwear standing in the door (laughs) who scared the crap out of me. Like, he almost scared me worse than any of, like, the ghosts and stuff. Like, he was terrifying. So I just don't enjoy the genre because I know that it's going to keep me up at night and put stuff in my head, and I just don't need it in my life so and it's funny because I say that I don't like horror but I really do mean the ghosts and demons like I can watch like a Freddy Krueger or some of the other like big baddie villain type of you know like Jason and stuff exactly Michael Myers all of those but you give me a ghost or demon and I'm out like mm -mm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was really into those and uh while I was in college and I saw um the exorcism of Emily Rose and I had never been so creeped out in my life (laughs) I saw that in theaters, Ronald, and I was yeah, horrified. I, I was like, this is that. it. This is the last one that I'm ever seeing. When you see her bouncing up and down, and you know what, what scared me about that one, too, is that was the first one where you ain't even safe in your bed because you see, like, something starts grabbing her as she's in her bed. And I was like, nope, see? This is the devil. I don't need any of this. She's in the barn, bouncing up and down, naming all the different variations of the devil. I said, uh-uh, I'm not watching no. this stuff no more. This is too much for me. Yeah, that was a bit much. That one, I, <laughs> a was bit. Like, I don't know what it was. I went like I went to bed after I saw that, and like I just looking around like I don't know. I don't feel safe, and Listen, I, yeah, I never felt terrifying. Yeah, I wasn't feeling that one. But is there any? There's no one that you know scary movie that's like ah, it scares me, but I like to watch it. Absolutely not. Um, like I said, I watched Get Out, but that was for, because I felt like it, it was my duty to watch Get Out. That's why I watched Get Out. Yeah, um, yeah. But otherwise, I really, I really try to stay away from it. Um, there's just too much going on in the world, especially like, I just don't need that additional stress. I accidentally watched a horror movie over the weekend because I watched New Mutants. I don't know if you've seen that yet on HBO Max. No, I, I just seen that, but I haven't watched it. It was technically, it was basically a horror movie with references to X-Men and I was quite upset. Because I thought about that for the last two nights, and I don't appreciate it. 
It, it looked like kids were on the cover. So is it with kids in it? So it's supposed to be basically teenagers who kind of are abducted and being kept at like this hospital, quote unquote, to try to protect them and society from their newfound powers. And so they make reference to X-Men and all this and that. But it's nothing like X-Men, right? Like X-Men is not a horror. None of the Marvel and DC films are horror. This was a horror movie, like legit. I'm going to have to check that out. I thought it was a TV show for some reason, but it's a movie. It's a movie. And our girl who was the star of Queen's Gambit is one of the stars of this, Anya Taylor-Joy. She is one of the main characters. So they have a great cast of like young talent. You have one of the, you have one of the main characters from Game of Thrones. Um, you have Arya. You have um, Anya Taylor-Joy. You have um, one of the kids from Stranger Things. So like the cast is stellar, but the movie is just not my type of movie. And I was like, y'all trick me because I'm really into <laughs> superhero stuff y'all trick me with this so you know the uh the lady you just mentioned who played in queen's gambit the first time i ever saw her she played in a creepy movie that i saw called the witch yes i haven't seen it but i know that that's what and she was also in um the m night Shyamalan um film where where the guys uh, uh split she was also one of the stars of split so she's been in a couple creepy movies yeah, I remember she was that, how that goat started talking to her at the end of The Witch, and then she realized that, because she didn't seem to understand that she was like, so whatever she was on the inside, that she was commanding the power of The Witch. Oh, and, God. Uh, and in the end, Satan itself manifested in this goat and started talking to her. Nope. And nope. like she just starts laughing all evil in the end and floating naked in the air. I was like, nope. I was looking at that shit like, oh, my God, this is creepy. No, nope. it gave a creepy vibe. It wasn't like scary, like anything the way it looked, but it was the vibe of it. Like this is creepy as hell. See, and you asked me why I don't like horror. That would have kept me up. I would have had all the lights <laughs> on in my house for days trying to go to sleep because I think I think I believe in the supernatural. I think that there's a too, lot yeah, of weird. Yeah things that happen and spirits and all this stuff. So I just don't want, I don't want to bring any of that energy into my life. Point blank. So have you ever had any uh, experiences with supernatural? No, thank the Lord. I pray real hard against that. Cause I do not, (laughs) I'm not the one. I always tell my loved ones, if you die, do not come back and visit me. I am not the one. I'm going to die right there with you. You're going to give me a heart attack and then I'm going to be useless. (laughs) So if you have unfinished business, baby, go visit somebody else. (laughs) 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 So, you know, I've had a lot of supernatural experience. That's one thing that people probably don't know. Oh and, my uh, goodness, Ronald. A lot of them. And uh, I mean, my parents, it, I mean, because what we didn't talk about when we were kids was how into religion, but they were really into the supernatural part of religion. Mm. And so people, I don't tell people this, I don't seem like a kook, but like my grandparents, they would run around and like it was people that they were swearing were possessed. And my grandfather wasn't the type of person that would lie or. He was just a person that kind of said what it was, but, and my mother was with him sometime, but they were running around trying to pray these supposed, and my mom one time said they went up into this house and my mom wasn't really scared of much, but they said the dude turned around and my mom, and this is when they stuff they start doing in the movies. And I remember when I saw it in the movies years later, I remember the reference my mom made, but it smiled and the smile went all the way up to like its ears. And my mom said she ran to the car and scared the... So I had interesting stuff. I know like my assistant, her dealing with me and she knows that I'm just like spiritual. It's kind of like, 
it just comes with the territory, man. I'm always bumping in and stuff. I'll tell you the most weird thing I ever had happen to me was it was uh I was on a vacation and I was like with my son and this guy, and you know, I was with Lee as well. And uh we come into um we go into like this rock kind of like, you know, place with all the, you know, the crystals and stuff. And this guy, he was like big. He was like six foot six. He was a big looking dude. I'm like, man, he looked like the, like linebacker for the Bears or some shit. Like, you know, like he used to be, he was older. And so I, I'm just kind of observing him. I'm getting these vibes from him. And I'm like, hey, what do you do? What do you do outside of this? And he said he's in the metaphysics. So he gives my son this ring. And um, Ethan somehow just loses it. He's like, I just had it. And it was gone. So we, when we get home, this is in... Sedona, Arizona. So when we get home, we call him and say that we lost it. He sends it to us. And, you know, it comes in an envelope and Ethan tears the envelope and he dumps it out into his hand. The ring hits his hand and then hits the carpet and vanishes. Then we both, I swear to you, I'm not a person that would like, we vacuumed, we forked for that thing through the carpet because we had this real thick kind of shaggy carpet, but like just vanished. So if y'all could oh. see my face right now. <laughs> okay, well, or one more. When me and Amanda was in LA, we were looking for a producer I really like called Madlib. Like we were trying to see the area he lived in and stuff. And it was late at night. It wasn't like we want to go to his house. We were just discovering Echo Park. We weren't even really technically looking for his house, but just discovering his neighborhood and stuff. And um we're coming home down because I lived right off of Sunset when I was staying in LA. And so we're coming, we're driving down the street and we see like this cloaked figure. And um, it was like nine feet tall. And that's why it was like eight, nine feet tall. It looked like it had gangly hands. It looked like you couldn't see his face. So I've seen some interest and stuff in my travels or just being out in the world. Or as a kid, I saw a ghost by my bed and stuff. And like, I never, I kind of prayed for that to go away. And that went away. But mm. I've had some interesting experiences with the whole, I know, like, when my mom died, I was like, I love you. I really do, but just don't do that popping up stuff. <laughs> I don't want to see no ghosts. I'm, I'm, yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't watch the, the spiritual movies because they get kind of, this could be happening in real life, so, you know. Exactly. I feel like you're trying to keep me up tonight with these stories, but I'm going to rebuke it in the name <laughs> uh-huh. of Jesus. And I'm going to get some sleep because it's like you tell somebody like, oh, I hate something. They're like, well, let me tell you about that time. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) For the listeners, I'm sure y'all found that compelling. I found it horrifying because, again, I don't need these things in my life. I'm telling you, I am not the one. Like, I have never had had any of them, but I'm so fearful when even small things that could be that happen that I know (laughs) that I just don't feel like I could handle a real event you know what i'm saying like yeah. I, I feel like my heart would just give out it'll be like oh <laughs> ashley this is real like this is not it's not imagined this is real life i'll be like okay i'm out i'm done like oh. take me now jesus i'm done so yeah. i don't need it and i i think I, I i've heard people say that you have to be open in order to have those experiences so maybe you're just yeah. someone who's very open to it which it allows you to have those just like children you know they say like oh kids mm-hmm. see things and spirits and all this and i remember my grandmother my my uh, paternal grandmother saying that she felt like me and my brother used to see things back when we were kids like at her house and i'm like <laughs> glad that time is gone because i don't <laughs> i don't want anything to do with that but i just i think it's great that there is still the possibility of 
connection, especially for people who really want that. You know what I mean? Like with mediums and stuff like that. Yeah, where yeah. May, some people may need that closure, but I'm definitely not someone who needs that in my in my life, please. <laughs> Did you like, you ever see the show Supernatural? That was one of my favorite shows. Um, I uh, have seen certain episodes of Supernatural. I think it literally just ended. That show was on forever. Yeah, it was on for a while, yeah. Yeah, but that type of show I could watch because I've watched, like I said, a lot of the like fantastical types of shows. I think they lost me a little bit in one of the storylines of like, I feel like one of the angels turned in like evil. You remember the movie Constantine? Have you ever seen mm-hmm. Constantine that with was Keanu my, I, Reeves? Yeah. Like that was fin- that was something I really, really got into. But I think, isn't it he based off of like a, a graphic novel, Constantine or, or a comic yeah, book? That was, yeah, it was based off of a DC, uh, well, it was a Vertigo, uh, Vertigo comics, comics. Yeah. And that's a branch of DC. But I went to the movie to see that uh, eight times. Wow. That was one of my favorite movies. I went to the movies like because I don't, you know, it's crazy. We talk about this since I was a kid. I've had my ways, I guess, of seeing things, I guess, that people would say. But for me, it was I was experiencing a lot of things like Constantine was experiencing them in a certain sense, like with seeing God. Seeing whatever I was seeing. And so, you know, yeah, I went to the movie and I remember telling uh like people in college and everything. And, I was like, yo, this is what, like, this is kind of what it seems like. And so, like, my family, my grandmother, she had talked about stuff like this and told us stuff about that this movie was talking about since we were kids and stuff. So that was really a, that was an eye-opener for, like, mm-hmm. like far as, like, seeing the spiritual world in a sense of realistic, in, in the real world, to me. And not, like, with the demons flying through the sky and where he had to light his hand on fire and stuff like that, but certain little things and being able to see or just experiencing and people probably wondering why I was so different. I'm a person. I I can really feel people's vibration, I guess you could say. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm very particular who I'm around or weird or whatever. I just kind of stick to myself because uh, I guess people, they now everybody's a medium or a psychic and I don't think I'm nothing like that, but I have interesting experiences. You know, people, most people wouldn't believe me. Well, I definitely believe you. But again, Ronald, you keep that energy right on over there with you, sweetheart. Okay. I was like, even if even if an angel wanted to come to me, I don't know if that's going to open up all the realms of everything else. So, you know what I mean? Just just manifest beautiful things in my life and I will leave it at that. Are you religious at all? I mean, yeah, I mean, I still hold true to a lot of beliefs that I grew up with, for sure. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even call myself religious. I think that's a little too much of a label for me. But I will say that I definitely still believe in God. I definitely still believe in a lot of of the morals and things that I grew up with, for sure. I think there's nuance in that as I get older and I'm an adult, but I still hold true very much to certain core things within myself, because at the end of the day, I'm feel like I am going to have to answer for myself and to God for myself, not to what anyone else has to say. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, we were raised, we didn't talk about that much when we were like living in a hood. We were very, like our family was so religious. We were embarrassed. I wasn't embarrassed about it. I just knew it would be best if I didn't say anything. I never, I don't know. I never picked up on that whatsoever from you guys. I think by the time when y'all was seeing us and we were out the house, we were so good not to be being told anything about Jesus. We were just like, woof. We wanted to have a good time and kind of kick it and chill. But 
most of the reason, yeah, it was mostly we were scared to do anything crazy because we knew our mom would show up with a Bible and she would beat us with it in front of everybody. So Wow, <laughs> your mom kinda, would show up with a Bible and beat you. Yeah, she was, I mean, well, probably my grandmother more so because she was really, really religious. But mom, yeah, they. I think that's the biggest thing. I'm a believer in God. I don't choose whatever religious or form, but I do believe there's something that exists beyond this. So yes, I give it to exactly. So. Yeah, there's, there's certain things that I think are uh, counterproductive that I've picked up on when I've gone and tried to be a part of certain institutions or that I just find to be very hypocritical. But again, I keep my relationship with God, with me and him. That's, that's all yeah. I need. You know what I mean? That's all yeah, I need. Yeah. And the opinions of everyone else don't really uh, bother me. So. So I don't want to drag it on, but I got to, so are you in like a leadership position at your job? Or are you governing like a lot of people or? No, I do not have any direct reports. Actually, my team now is fairly smaller. Well, I shouldn't say smaller because it was just me and my uh, supervisor previously, but it's a fairly small team. So, I mean, I'm right directly underneath the VP of my department. So not in a anyone below me position, but still have certain responsibilities. I guess I'll say that. Are you in a leadership position, you would say? I, I, so the reason why I say not leadership is because, again, I don't have direct reports, but I definitely have to help to influence certain things to get done, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not, I don't have direct reports, but I still have to make sure that I am communicating with other departments to make sure that functions are completed, if that makes sense. So it's more, it's, it's still considered like an individual contributor, but I still have to navigate the waters with other people in order to ensure that things get done. Okay, because I was, you know, just talking with you. I'm like, you know, you said you wanted to be a director. I'm like, you really got like, a, you know, you got like a leadership thing, the way you talk and everything. I can see you leading a whole campaign of people to make something creative. You got like a, well, thank well you I guess that's much. what you do anyway, right? Well, thank you very much. I mean, you know, those speech contests I used to be in when I was a kid help, I guess, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with my yeah. overall and my mother obviously being raised. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hope to be in a position someday to, you know, manage my own team and really step out on my own and branch out. Because at the end of the day, I think I want to have more of a ability to do exactly what it is that I want to do on my own terms and what that's, that's going to look like. I'm not hundred percent sure yet, but that's the future that I see for myself. So I'm keeping it like at on a more PC level, just because, yeah. you know, you never know what's going to happen, but I, I definitely would love to continue to navigate and move forward and grow. So yeah. I'll say that. Entrepreneur. Is that a, like something doing something entrepreneurial or I mean, like I could see entrepreneurship, especially, again on the production side of things. Right. Because, again, I've said that's really something that I feel I'm passionate about and have a interest in continuing to pursue. But we'll see what the future holds. And it's in God's hands, Ronald. Yeah. So two more things. What, what advice would you give to black women and what advice would you give to because you seem to be like, you know, you seems, you know, very successful. And I don't ever count success by money and all that. And I, I can't, I don't know anything about that to speak for it, but you seem well-rounded. You really, I've known you since you were, shoot, what are you, like 13, 14? You know, I think I was like, like 16, a freshman 17. in high school. Yeah. Like 14. Yeah. And you've grown a lot. So like, what, 
you know, you seem to have a lot of success and growth and changing your life for the positive and constructive. What advice would you give black women and young ladies, like, you know, as far as just giving them advice, staying clean and out of just, you know, craziness in life and, you know, finally oh, I wish I had something prepared. I feel like I could have had such a good speech. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I appreciate the question and opportunity for sure. Um, I mean, life is a journey, right? And I just feel like no matter what age it seems like people get to, the hope mm-hmm. is that you're always continuing to grow and improve. So I think one thing that I hope that a lot of, especially Black women are able to do is to resolve within themselves the will to keep going no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like keep that yeah. resilience and that ability to um, take care of yourself and to mm-hmm. protect your physical and mental health is really big. I think Um, whether you need to get a little therapy to move past some things, whatever the case may be, I think that especially with black women, we internalize a lot of things. We feel like we need to be strong. We feel like we need to always, you know, just keep moving forward, but don't forget to take care of yourself along that journey of life. Right. And you're going to make mistakes. There are going to be failures. You're going to have societal pressures. You're going to have familial pressures. You're going to have all those things. But as long as you hopefully stay true to yourself, take care of yourself, remember to love yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that life can be beautiful. And one thing that I've definitely tried to learn, especially over the last year is to always fill your mind with more gratitude than not, right? To remember to appreciate what you have and not always think about what you don't have because everything comes back down to your mental state and whether or not you'll continue to move forward in life is really going to be up to you. So that's my long winded best advice I have off the top of my head. That's a beautiful beautiful notion. I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, if we can have you on, I know we kind of ran, I really enjoyed this one because we kind of talked about everything and just rambled on. But if we want, you know, if you ever want to come back on and we can have you on so you can talk about more movies or how, you know, your brand is growing, I'd like to have you. Oh, absolutely. Again, thank you so much for the opportunity. This is, I said, my first foray outside of my podcast that I've done. So I appreciate the opportunity. I'm glad I could do it with a longtime family friend and keep doing what you're doing because I absolutely enjoy the Ram Brulee podcast. So I appreciate you you. having me. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.